Mile High Football with Mark Schlereth is powered by Ideal Home Loans. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Football Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome into the Mile High Football Podcast. I am Mark Schlereth, and um, this is week two of the preseason camp ended yesterday. But as Sean Payton said, there is no light at the end of the tunnel, which I think is is great. There needs to be that kind of pressure. There needs to be that kind of emphasis. There needs to be that kind of um, of kind of just hardcore attitude toward this football team as it continues to build to be a productive team, especially on the offensive side of the football, come the regular season, September 10th, the kickoff. And and I will say this, a couple things out of the first preseason game. I saw an improvement by Russ throughout the course of that game. The quarterback that's under so much scrutiny, I saw some improvement. I saw some really good throws. I saw some really good recognition. I saw him do something that he never really did in his career in Seattle. I saw him climb the pocket. And one of the things I think is incredibly important when it comes to playing quarterback is your ability to sense and to feel the pocket and to climb it and to trust your protection. And, you know, that is to me, like I used to say this about Tom Brady all the time. He's the best scrambling quarterback in the National Football League that never leaves the pocket. Your sense to be able to slide, to create windows for yourself, to move around in that pocket, but mostly to climb it, to step up into it and trust it. That's something I saw. I know in the games or the or the, excuse me, the practices that I went to, watch that. I know it's a point of emphasis for Russ because his propensity is to scramble outside the pocket, to bail out, to turn his back, and then you're all of a sudden up against the defensive end. You get sacked. And the difference between getting sacked when you're climbing in the pocket versus bailing out of the pocket is the difference between a three-yard sack, minus three yards, and minus nine, 10, or 11 yards. And that is a drive killer. You give up a sack for nine yards, you're not coming out of there with anything other than a punt um, nine times out of 10 or 99 times out of 100. So that's one of the reasons, you know, second down and 13 is manageable. Second down and 19 or 20 is an absolute bear. So something I know they've worked on, something that you saw in that first preseason game that I thought was a takeaway for me. And then the other thing about that preseason game, we talked about changing the culture of this football team. And I think one of the cool things for me is watching Sean Payton not be satisfied, not be happy, with the offensive production in the first three series. So making that offense go out there and play a fourth series. Had 15 plays. He said, hey, 15 to 18 plays. Make them go out for that fourth series to end in a fourth uh, fourth down touchdown to Jerry Judy. I thought that was huge for the offense. I thought that was a big building block. Want to see them continue to build. Now, here's the thing about preseason games. You know, and they're never going to be perfect, and there are going to be some inadequacies exposed there's you know the offensive line didn't play really well but you're not playing a game plan you're, you're just running individual plays and there's a big difference between calling an offense and calling plays so although those things are alarming for me they're also understandable you're going to get beat one-on-one when you don't have the full complement of tools. It's like going in to fix something. You know, you've got your tool belt on, and you need a screwdriver, and you need a crescent wrench, and you need a couple other things, a pair of pliers, and you need some other things, and the only tool they supply you with is a hammer. 
And that's calling plays as opposed to calling an offense. When you're not calling a three-step drop that, that matches perfectly with a, you know, a quick screen or an alley screen that matches perfectly with a five-step drop that has a play action off of it, a run action boot keep game off of it, so that you can constantly change things up as an offense, that's when you can really dictate to a defense. In the preseason, they don't afford you that opportunity because there is no game planning. You're just running plays. You want to put your players in tough situations and see how they handle those situations. So look for improvement, but not perfection in week number two of the preseason. Okay, I wanted to get to this, and this would be my last thing today, but I wanted to get to this because it really bothers me. Um, Hall of Fame um, elections for 2024 came and went, and uh, Mike Shanahan was again passed over. And Mike Shanahan is a Hall of Fame coach. Mike Shanahan um, should be in the Hall of Fame. And I don't understand why we have to wait. And I'll be honest with you. I don't know Buddy Parker. Um, He's a coach of the Lions in the 50s that won back-to-back championships. Good for you, Buddy Parker. I'm sure you were a great coach, and I'm sure you are deserving, even though it's, you know, 40 years after your death. And why Buddy Parker had to wait, his family had to wait, doesn't make any sense to me. Why Mike Shanahan has to wait doesn't make any sense to me. Hey, back-to-back world championships. He went to world championships, although lost in Denver. He went to a world championship as the offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers and won a Super Bowl there. He has plenty of Super Bowl rings, tons of wins, 14 seasons here in Denver. But I think the biggest feather in his cap is what he's done or what his his legacy is and what his tree has produced. Think about it. Gary Kubiak won a championship, been a very successful head coach in this league. He's got Sean McVay, won a championship, very successful young head coach in this league. Kyle Shanahan, unbelievably successful young head coach in this league that went to a Super Bowl as a coordinator for Atlanta, went to a Super Bowl as a head coach and play caller for San Francisco, albeit losses. Uh, You've got uh, 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 Matt LaFleur, uh, the Green Bay Packers head coach. That's off of his tree. He's gone 13-3, and three, three straight seasons, been to NFC Championship games, hasn't gotten to the Super Bowl, but has a ton of success. Mike McDaniels taken over um, in Miami and put together in his first run a playoff uh, football team in Miami. I mean, it goes on and on. Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor's been to a, a Super Bowl. I mean, you're talking about a tree. Now, hey, just to juxtapose, like, the greatest coach probably arguably in the history of the National Football League, Bill Belichick. Tell me what his tree's done. What's Romeo Cornell done? What's Charlie Weiss done? What's uh, Josh McDaniels done? What's uh, Bill O'Brien done? What, what, what are the coaches that have come off that tree done? And, you know, other than Mike Vrabel, there's probably nobody off that tree that's really, truly been a great success in the National Football League. Maybe I'm missing one. I don't know. But the bottom line, Mike Shanahan is a Hall of Famer. Why are we making him wait? Why is that? I have no idea. It irritates me. And I think as a radio station, what we need to do is, um, and as a a group here collectively, what we need to do is come together 
and put a campaign together for next year to make sure that the voters that don't vote him in, the voters that aren't educated, the voters who haven't paid attention, the voters who are bypassing him get educated on why this guy deserves to be in the National Football League's Hall of Fame. And you think about this right now. There are probably... If you look at the league as it's currently constructed, there are probably oh Kevin Stefanski. There's another one, right from from the Cleveland Browns with the playoffs with Baker Mayfield a couple years ago. Um, if you look at at how this goes, um, there are probably well over half the teams in the National Football League are using the base structure of Mike Shanahan's offense as their base. Now, obviously, there are different branches, and and there's tangential branches that come off of that. But over half the teams right now are using the wide zone coupled with the boot play action and all those things off of Mike Shanahan's original system that won back-to-back world championships here in Denver. Come on. Come on, Hall of Fame. I mean, do your research. Get your stuff together. That's it for the My High Football Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I am Mark Schlereth. We'll be back with you later on uh, down the road. Mile High Football with Mark Schlereth is powered by Ideal Home Loans.